Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Lutharo is a Canadian metal band from Hamilton, Ontario, who released their debut album, High Wraith, on October 15, 2021. High Wraith was preceded by three EPs since their inception in 2013. They've shared the stage with many bands, but some of the ones that stand out for me are some of my previous guests, Hyperia, Tortured Saint, Striker, and Thunderer. Today, I am joined by founding member and lead guitarist, Victor Bucher, and vocalist, Krista Shipperbottom. Krista and Victor, thank you for the, again for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Uh, I've been waiting for a little while to meet you guys, so this is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, did I say the name of your album right? Yeah, yeah, you did. You said every yeah. every name right. My I last did, name, yeah. the band awesome. name, everything was yeah, perfect. I didn't like twitch like, <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah no, no, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So I know that a lot of interviews start with like the tell me about your band kind of thing. Um, that's all been covered as I've listened to some of your previous interviews, um, podcasts, and, awesome. and some of the written interviews. But tell me a little bit about your musical history. So when did you get into like heavier music and who were some of the first metal bands that you got into? Um, start? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to start. Um, well, I, I'm pretty sure like, well, not I'm pretty sure. I know that like one of the first like heavier bands that I heard was definitely Metallica. And mm. I remember like uh, when I was young, I was still living in Romania at the time. And I remember, like, I heard them, and I'm like, wow, what are these? Like, who are these guys? This is amazing. We were actually at, like, uh, like a metal bar at the at the beach in Romania, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, what is this? <laughs> and then, you know, I'm, after I moved to Canada, I started getting into heavier and heavier music, and I discovered the Children of Bodom, were, like, one of my favorite bands still. And then I just, at first, I was like, these are, guys are too heavy. But then I started, like, getting more and more into heavy music, and and then, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of how I got into music. My parents also listened to a lot of like classic rock and blues, so they introduced me to all that stuff since I was young. And you know, I just wanted it heavier and heavier, so that's what happened. <laughs> what about you, Crystal? Yeah, so classic rock was once again a staple in my house. Um, and my dad, when he would drive me places in the car, he'd always quiz me on bands. So it'd be like Led Zeppelin playing or something, and he turned on the music and be like, "Quick, who is this band?" And he would like quiz me on all that. So. Uh, <laughs> I had lessons before, <laughs> um, but then it, for me, it was high school. Um, when I was in like grade nine, hardcore was like a huge thing and like hardcore shows, local shows. Um, and I liked it. I liked the heaviness of it, but I wasn't like crazy, crazy into like hardcore music. It was when like later in high school, when a friend of mine had, mine had introduced me to Megadeth and I was like, what is this? Oh my God, this is so cool. And then um, from Megadeth came Pantera and um, all that stuff, all that stuff, basically. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, until I found like the clean singing, but like still heavy, I was like, ah, oh, OK. And then I progressed into like the heavier screaming stuff. But like, yeah, <laughs> Megadeth like blew my mind. <laughs> It's funny. it's funny how many people are like, oh, sorry. I was going to say it's funny that you started with Megadeth and I started with Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was kind of going to say the same thing. And it's interesting how many people uh, those bands have influenced. Uh, for example, like my kind of metal beginning was with Metallica's Enter Sandman. And at the time, I didn't really think I didn't really know metal. I thought that was just rock because mm -hmm. it was played on the radio. So that was like the only song I liked for quite some time until like junior high when I started to get into Slipknot. And then I found out like Metallica was metal and all these other bands. It was it's quite interesting, but I never fully explored that until after high school, I'd say. For sure. Yeah. That <laughs> took me a while too to fully start exploring that. And getting into heavier and heavier yeah. stuff, right? Even like a few years ago, I was like, ah, this is too heavy for me. And I'm like, why didn't I get into them back then? These are these guys are amazing. Right? Because I think like when it came to listening to more stuff like screaming vocals, it was Arch Enemy. For me, that like triggered that in a Marth where I was like, "Oh, I really like this," and that just opened the floodgates for me. <laughs> yeah, it was very hard. Like after 
like i feel like children of bodom was like the threshold anything heavier i was like nah, i can't do this well you needed the melody mm -hmm. yes the like, melody that's why you needed why. to have like some melodicness to it right so yeah um, yeah you're not gonna straight jump into like deathcore or something yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and that's how it was for me in high school with like even hardcore like i'd like certain aspects of it but like when it was just um like really heavy screaming and not much melody going on i was like mm. <laughs> yeah I find that like at the beginning, it's hard for your brain to track if you're not really used to it. 100%. Exactly. And that's why I was just like, this is like overwhelming for me. <laughs> and so how did you guys get into your respective instruments? So uh, Krista, something that I like to do is consider like a, the voice an instrument because that's essentially what it is. Um, you have to train it. You have to keep exercising. So yeah, the question here is uh, how did you guys get into your, your instruments and how old were you? Um, I've been singing pretty much since I could talk, <laughs> but like professionally, um, like in this band, <laughs> um what was it like 2013 ish i mean like we were in like a cover-ish band before yeah. that like cover band like for fun um mm -hmm. before that so i guess around yeah the end of high school ish 2012 yeah, 20, 2013 is kind of when we were like oh let's uh let's kind of put together the band and yeah. then nothing really happened until 2014 mm -hmm. uh and i started playing well i started playing an instrument when i was little because uh i started playing the cello I was like seven years old. I wanted to play guitar, but my mom uh, made me play the cello, which is fine. <laughs> cello is a beautiful instrument. And here we sit. And uh, then when I moved to Canada, my mom got me an acoustic guitar. And uh, it was like, what, 2006? Yeah, 2006 okay. is kind of when I started playing guitar. And yeah, just been playing ever since, I guess. <laughs> and so when did you move to Canada? Uh, 2006. Okay. Yeah. And sorry, I guess I meant how old were you? I was 11. Time. 12, okay. 12, 12. Yeah, that must have been a big change. It was definitely a big change, yes. You know, especially because when I landed in Canada, it was minus 25 and everything was frozen. <laughs> so it was a huge shock. Yeah, in Montreal too. So yeah, I and I lived in Montreal and it was like, it was bad. I remember like we got off the plane. I'm like, why is there so much snow everywhere? Yeah, like what is this? Because like it snows in Romania, but not like it snows here. Yeah, like it snows like what? Maybe a week, like yeah. in the city, like a week uh, a year, which is great. Yeah, but like normal seasons. Yeah, there? <laughs> like, you know, I've seen snow in the mountains, obviously. Like, yeah. But like, never like as much as I did when I got off that plane. It was uh, it was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's still shocking, and I was born and raised in Calgary, so. Oh, <laughs> didn't it just change. snow the other day? I was gonna say it's wild. Oh, it's, there. it's shitty. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's coming here too. Yeah. The worst is when you look out your door and you're like, I have to shovel that today. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. What was it like in Romania? Um, what do you mean? Just how, what was it like living there? What were some of the biggest differences? And uh, and I guess the third question is, do you visit? Yes, I uh, I go like once every year, once every other year, I would say. Um, Almost awesome. every summer. Almost every summer. There's been a couple of years that I missed mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah, because my like uh, when I graduated high school, my parents moved back. So um, I, it's uh, it, it's different. I don't know. It's uh, a lot chiller lifestyle there. A lot, yes. laid, a lot more laid back than it is here. Right, it's more about like yeah, that's you know, what I've heard from a couple of my friends. Going mm -hmm. out and uh, enjoying your life more. Yeah, so, enjoying your life. Exactly. I think that's super important. So exactly, we could definitely learn a thing or two from uh, other countries like that. Yeah, especially like from like European countries, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of the way totally. of life there. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I want to move there. <laughs> I don't want to be in Canada anymore. <laughs> Why not? What are the things that are kind of pushing you in that direction? Um, I think it's just the lifestyle there. Like everything is more um like family, friends, like kind of just like living your life. All uh, about like work, yeah. the grind, mm -hmm. you know, like people here, are, like because everything is so expensive too, 
but like everyone is just like work sleep work sleep work sleep everyone it's so robotic you know and then you go there and after dinner you see people like the bars and restaurants are packed and everything even like work nights it's insane and people are just out enjoying their lives and socializing and listening to music and drinking <laughs> or whatever yeah even like uh like talking to my mom and stuff and she's just like she has so many days off and it's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like how yeah and like they really um like give a lot to their employees and everything too they look at them as like human humans yeah. <laughs> people instead yeah, of numbers not a punch yeah. card you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've noticed, um, especially in my later years, I guess, here. Um, just noticing how perpetual that, that I don't know, ideal is here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just constantly, like you said, the grind is constantly going to work. Uh, when you do get some benefits from the employer, it's like, okay, that's nice. But there's not really that much in a lot of professions. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's kind of how the North American lifestyle is. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, though, too, because it puts people in such bad places. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like, mentally, financially, everything. 100%. Yeah, because then... Everyone just like, oh, I have to do this. I have to. Yeah, everyone's just so stressed out and tired and overwhelmed, you know? Yeah, and it's constantly go, go, go. And especially with the way our cities are designed, you have to drive forever to exactly. get Exactly. Yes, oh my goodness. That's another good thing about Europe is like they have obviously really good public transportation, but you can walk to a lot of places too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in like a big city, like everything is close. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> You guys got into music did you guys take any formal lessons uh like singing and guitar lessons or anything i took a little bit of uh guitar lessons when i first started out um and i it was good i wasn't learning too much i feel like i learned more on my own and then later on there was a couple there's this uh really amazing guitar player that lives kelly kelly like around here <laughs> and he that that guy's insane insane uh, probably one of the best guitar players out there and i needed to i wanted to learn some like extra things so i kind of like took maybe like four or five months of uh lessons just to learn some extra things but that's about it i didn't do too many lessons mm-hmm. what about you um <laughs> when i was little i did lessons um singing lessons but nothing like crazy and i actually went and pierced my lip on my own so my mom took away my singing lessons um and then because <laughs> she was mad at me <laughs> um and then it was years until i took lessons again and then i took lessons for about a year with someone locally but I just wasn't like she was amazing and like helped me a lot with clean singing, but it just wasn't um, aligning with what I wanted to do. It's hard to find people who um, support like heavier styles of vocals, um, screaming, especially like they if they aren't teaching it, then they don't understand it. And they're like, that's going to ruin your voice. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I stopped taking lessons with her and then after i took a few lessons with melissa cross um just doing them online like a it was like a three lesson thing um and that helped me a lot especially that mixed with like her dvds and then i've taken a few lessons here and there with mary z mary zimmer um and yeah just like kind of for like random um niche things um to do with screaming but other than that like trial and error has been my biggest friend friend and enemy (laughs) but like (laughs) um mostly self-taught so especially when it comes to screaming yeah that's pretty cool um kelly uh does he have any music anywhere yeah he he plays in a local band called prism mind okay he um they haven't really done much lately but i think they're like working on a new album or whatever but if if you just listen to him and his guitar playing, it's absolutely insane. He's also he has a, a YouTube 
where he's doing like lessons and stuff and tips, which is pretty useful. Mm. So it, it's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Especially for people looking to learn, like I've uh, a lot of my guests have said in the past, they've they've used YouTube as like one of the integral ways that they've learned their 100%. whether it be guitar, drums, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Even when like when I first started playing guitar and like I would get the tabs for a song and I'm like I don't understand this. Yeah. So I would look it up on YouTube and be like, oh okay, I'll look up with some guy explaining how to do the song. Like this makes so much sense. I feel like that's yeah. why like my screaming journey took so long too because like there was nothing out there to like um, teach you how to scream properly. And, yeah. The, how I first started screaming was watching this, it was a video of Angela Gosso going to like a college or something oh, yeah. and like doing like a PowerPoint presentation for a bunch of college students and showing them how to like start screaming, like false chord screaming. So I took that from that video and then that's how I taught myself. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Another question about you kind of like your guys' beginnings is what was the first song that you felt that you really nailed? Um, black scorpion <laughs> like uh original song you mean yeah or no i mean like um because i'm guessing that you guys were practicing on songs that were already around yeah i think one of the first songs that we we were like playing was uh creeping death yeah yeah, yeah when we, we actually played covers when yes. we actually played covers but then uh like we have a couple demos that we recorded before but then when black scorpion came out that was a song that like, really we were like okay <laughs> this is kind of where the direction we should be going in because before we had no idea how to write songs yeah uh, <laughs> we were children <laughs> that's right um, and was that when your band was called incarnadine uh no th that was only for like a couple of months yeah because we um i don't even think we released songs no, as we released nothing as because we couldn't because it was already used. yeah we looked it up and we're like oh there's like a hundred other bands with that name we're like let's change our name <laughs> yeah so we had to change it and yeah but, but we ended up naming like a demo in Carnadine because yeah. of um that exactly <laughs> just like as like this a, is a tribute a to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that that track was on like your first ep that you guys released yeah it wasn't even really an ep it was uh it was more like a demo that we like we recorded some songs they weren't that, that great or anything like the recording was like pretty bad but uh <laughs> um there, yeah. we we weren't like selling we we're just kind of giving out to like different bands like hey this is kind of what we sound like yeah but we re-recorded it and put it on beast no we were talking about before unleash the beast oh okay yeah. okay yeah 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 it wasn't like we didn't really have an ep it was it was more like a demo that we were giving out mm -hmm. to show what we sounded like like hey we have music so our <laughs> first like real like recording was definitely unleash um, the beast, unleash the beast. Yeah. yeah okay Part of the reason I'm guessing that you guys put like the demos in the EP fourth is because you wanted to take your time and actually like master the sound that you guys wanted and to make sure that you had your musical direction. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. like okay. back then we were like having so many different member changes and stuff. So because yes. we were like, you know, oh, we're out of high school. We we're going to write like do a band and then, you know, members changed because not everyone was into it. But uh, yeah. And then in like 2018, when we released Beast, I was like, OK, this is what we have to be doing mm -hmm. pretty much. Hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Like you said, uh, there were a bunch of bands already called Incarnadine. Is yes. that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. So um, what made you change it to Lotharo? Um, well, like we kind of like had to change it. We were like under pressure because... Which I'm glad we did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but we are huge nerds and... Well, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say huge nerds. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, we, we love like Lord of the Rings and like fantasy stuff. Um, so Lotharo is actually an elvish word and it means the enchanter. Um, but I was like looking through elvish words because I was like, ooh, that could be super cool because like a Monomarth is elvish as yeah. well. It means Mount, Mount Doom, Doom yeah. I'm pretty sure. There's a bunch of bands that are. Yeah. 
but I was inspired by them to um yeah look into Gelvish language and yeah I saw Lutharo and I was like that is really cool and I showed it to the guys and they were like hell yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> what other fantasy series are you guys a fans of um the witcher <laughs> i love the witcher like understandable for sure oh my god that one i cannot wait for the new season um now we started watching ring of power a lot of people there's a lot of um hate hate on that because it doesn't follow the storyline completely but like i i, I mean, you know what? it's content out there and i i really enjoyed it it's just like within the <laughs> genre of things that we like though, yeah you know like that whole fantasy like magical um meets uh, like medieval vibe yes you know mm -hmm. yeah medieval stuff Yes, love medieval stuff. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the little fantasy sprinkled in there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, Henry Cavill's done after this uh, season. I know, I've seen that. So crazy. mad about that. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. Did, he nailed that part. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did so a good job. Good. He yeah. was the show. Yeah. I guess his reasoning was behind because the uh, the producers wanted to go like a different direction than follow the source material. Mm. And when he originally started, he said that he would he would continue that so long as they stayed true to the source material because he's a huge fan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he said he just can't do it anymore. So yeah, that doesn't bode well for the series to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen? How they're gonna change it up, mm -hmm. right? What they're gonna do? Who knows? I mean, it might be a good idea if they wanted to explore the rest of the universe and maybe do a different Witcher. A different character. Yeah. Yes. It's true. Yeah. Very true. Did you guys watch uh, Wheel of Time or anything like that? Um, I started to watch it. No, but and... like, you know what? Corey keep our drummer Corey keeps yeah. telling me that I have to watch it. And it's he's like, I read the books. Yeah. It's amazing. And I'm like, I'm going to watch, but I, I, I always forget about it. I watched a bit of the first episode and then had to do something and then forgot about it. But like, I started to watch it one day. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, Corey's like, this is like the best series ever. He's like in mm -hmm. love with it. Okay. We'll so, have to. Yeah. The the uh, it's like any other TV or film ad adaptation. There's definitely some changes, but overall the story was great, and I'm I'm looking forward to the second season, which I think is coming out this month, but I could be wrong. Oh, really? Interesting. That gives me something to watch, because mm -hmm. uh, I was like, what am I gonna watch tomorrow? Because I'm just gonna I just want to sit at home and watch TV, but I guess I have one <laughs> one episode of the new Star Wars series, and I'll watch that. But yeah, then I don't know what else. Dragons done too. Yeah. Gotta wait for the new one. So yeah. who knows? The books, on the other hand, they're they're very. Um, Verbose would be a good way to put it. Like he's very descriptive and he talks about some things that a lot of people wouldn't really pay attention to. But it's a 14 book series. So if you're oh, looking crap. for more of a condensed version, yeah. <laughs> it's I did not know that. It's insane. And then uh, something I'm really, I'm a huge fan of Brandon Sanderson, as you can tell behind me, but um, <laughs> he actually finished the series because Robert Jordan had died. And he has a completely different fantasy universe called the Cosmere. And all of his series, most of his series belong in that universe, but they're they're only tied together using little like Easter eggs and stuff. So oh, that's really cool. Sure how they come together. Ah, interesting. It's like the Marvel universe, but for fantasy. Yeah, so that's, sick. that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, it's awesome. I'll have, uh, I, now I got it. Yeah, right? You're ticking all the boxes <laughs> <Yeah>. for us. <laughs> I know you're not asking for them, but I'll definitely no, send you some fine. recommendations. <laughs> that's awesome. Back into music. So Krista, are you in charge of writing all the lyrics? I am, yes. Um, I wrote awesome. a this or that. <laughs> yeah, like if I really am stuck and I no, need yeah. help, I'll go to the guys. Um, Very rarely. Yeah, but usually just kind of spews out and yeah, <laughs> write them all. <laughs> yep. Originally, the lyrics were kind of fantasy based, like is kind of we've already touched on, but you moved in more of like ex um, an experienced oriented direction. Mm -hmm. In a previous interview, you mentioned that it's kind of like your latest album is kind of about observations of people and their behavior, kind of finding their place in the world or avoiding it. Mm -hmm. Why and how did you move in that direction? Um, uh, from like fantasy, from fantasy to observing more of like 
people's actions and emotions and stuff kind of thing um well i don't even know like from beast it was all all about me and wings mm -hmm. all about me those were like both very emotional things for me to write but going to high rise and what you were saying um i think like i just started to explore a little bit more into um how people's minds work observing like people and their actions why they act a certain way why they do certain things why they're saying things like just kind of observing and how people project onto other people um because i feel like a lot of people will take people's actions and things very seriously when it's literally just them projecting something onto people i don't know you can't take it personally yeah you know jealousy I mean? too yeah like there's there was so much that i was observing in people at that point in my life and i was just like okay i don't like that why don't i like that i was just kind of digging deep into like the human psyche i guess i don't know and just picking apart pieces of like how everyone ticks you know I don't know how else to <laughs> um, explain it, but I was just observing so much and like watching people living really mundane lives and stuff too, and how they were unhappy. And um, especially because it was written kind of like when the pandemic started, right? Yeah. So it kind of like just shone like a spotlight on all of that. Yeah. You know, you definitely saw like everyone changed and. Yeah. People's like um, emotions and like depression, everything was just like coming to the forefront. And like it was just everyone was like their shadow cells were just being spewed out everywhere and i was like this is really interesting <laughs> it was a totally toxic time too with no way to like get away from it all i guess yeah, yeah. no 100 percent. do you feel like taking that approach to music instead of like story-based lyrics is a little bit more impactful or emotional for you oh 100 percent. like we've already started writing our new album and this one is like a very very emotionally charged one just because I've been doing like I said like a lot of inner work and a lot of um discovering different things about humans and their brains <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely it helps me connect to not only myself with the music but I feel like to other people like I just want people to listen to it and be like hey I feel that way too I'm glad somebody out there said it yeah. like I just um I want that connection with other people and with myself Otherwise, I feel like, what am I doing? <laughs> That's totally understandable. Like, uh, it's always cool when you get to hear a band that definitely resonates within you because of something either emotional or personal that they can be like, hey, I've experienced this too, or this is how I think as well. Especially a band that's like playing big, bigger stages. Like you're looking at um, multiple people feeling the same way instead of just like someone talking shit, basically. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I love. And that's what I um, admire so much about a lot of bands is their way to connect to other people, their way with words and everything. And just, um, yeah, that's what inspires me most, definitely. <laughs> Have you ever considered taking like a story approach to it and maybe incorporating those observations or those kind of feelings into like a story that you tell? I have. My problem with that is like we write music in such a like sporadic Chaotic way, way. <laughs> <laughs> that it would be hard for me to write something from beginning to end. So I like to come up with... Um, an idea um, of what I want the album to be about. And then I write topics or write about topics like based little upon- Little stories or whatever. Little, yeah, little stories are like almost like little side characters based upon this one idea. And like how many pieces can I take from that? Like you put yeah. a theme to the album and then- Exactly, like High Wraith had its theme and then I had little stories within that theme. That's a good way to go about it too because then you can keep everything under like a specific umbrella instead of just having like basically just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks exactly right yeah 
as far as a concept goes so like a, like a fully like unleash the archers how they have like a story from like beginning to end and like uh, it's a lot of work to do that yeah and i just i can't see myself staying on track with that i feel like i would um get bored or i would get inspired by something else and be like no i don't want to put myself in a box too much you know i can't with music i can't be put in a box in life and with music i just need to um be creative with everything so yeah especially if you're like keeping that story going from album to album like it's one thing to do a story in one album and have it set, said and done but then to move on to consecutive albums with that same universe that's got to be difficult yeah it becomes kind of what unleashed the arches did with uh abyss and apex yeah but which like, is crazy that's yeah, that blows my mind. For me, like, I, I respect them hugely for doing that because that's insane. It takes a hell of a lot of work. <laughs> but for me, it would be too limiting. I feel like I'm just, like, changing so much, like, day to day, basically, and get inspired by so much. I just wouldn't be able to keep the same thing going. Well, and you're also limited by uh, already by having to write lyrics in a song. If you wanted to fully flush out a story, you're going to have to write a lot more songs to make sure every aspect is covered. Exactly. Yes. Yep. So true. You guys mentioned a new album. So where you guys are? Sorry, where are you guys on that? Um, I would say <laughs> more than halfway through it. The album has to be done before the end of the year because yeah. we're in the studio in January. So yes, we're okay. uh, we're working away. We've I like me and our drummer Corey. We've been spending hours and hours in the jam space trying to figure it out. Like we come up with like a skeleton or whatever. We jam the ideas with the rest of the band. And then we're just like sitting down. Last night we went riff by riff with like every song that we have. I was like, I was so tired by the mm -hmm. end of it. But we, we were having a different approach writing this album that we did the previous albums. So it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. We try what we usually do before, but it didn't work out this time around. So we're like, we, we got to change it up. Too many cooks in the kitchen. That's right. <laughs> Too many ideas. So what changed? Yeah. Uh, I think, well, first of all, Corey wasn't part of... Uh, he wasn't in the band before, for like any of the writing of the previous albums. Mm -hmm. Maybe Unleash the Beast because he recorded Unleash the Beast. But the song's already pretty much there. Yeah. But then he has a lot of ideas. And then everyone in the band is getting more and more inspired. Because he's like, let's try this. Like just throwing like a huge funky wrench. So it's just like there's just so many ideas this time around that it's yeah. like we, we can't just all sit in one room. So it's like we have to like make some sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And it's like we're going to write this. Like someone comes up with a riff or an idea. We like work on it. And then we sit down and go like riff by riff. Like me or Corey or like me and Chris or like me and Krista. And like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's different than before. Like pretty much High Wraith was... Like, other than, like, two songs, three songs, maybe, uh, it was all written in the James space. We sat down, and we're just, like, someone came up with a riff, and then we just built through that. Mm -hmm. This time around, is different. Yeah. Too many con conflicting ideas. <laughs> so it's kind of like what you guys have taken, and you're taking it back to the lab and kind of picking apart the pieces that didn't work and yeah. making sure that moving forward, you kind of have a more cohesive yeah, um, approach. exactly. Yes. But before, we, we did everything together in the James space. Mm -hmm. Like, we were all, like, yeah, we wrote it all together, but this time we're writing it. And we're going back to making sure like everything's good. Yeah. I feel like we're really putting the songs under the microscope with this too. Which is good. Like really picking apart every single piece where like we did before, but like this is like to the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be better. Yes. We want to <laughs> one up ourselves. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the aspects of your music that you wanted to remain consistent for this new album? We definitely want energy. That, the energy. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. We've come up with some songs for the new album and we're like, these songs are great. But they're lacking some energy, so lacking it's the like energy. the Luthar energy, yeah. And then we want to make sure we have the melodic hooks. Yes, that is much. a must. Like having a really 
huge banger of a chorus yes. always has to <laughs> has to be something that's stuck in your head for days and um, i think there there's some good choruses on this album i'm i'm pretty excited about they're it. haunting me like chris will like message the <laughs> band page and be like oh my god this song has been stuck in my head for a week i know and i'm like so it's doing its job <laughs> Krista, your lyrics often take like the uh, first person perspective. So like a lot of eyes and wheeze. Um, is that something that you did consciously or is that just something that naturally manifested itself? Um, I think it just naturally happens because a lot. Well, once again, I'm talking about like my own experiences here. So or like even someone else experience, but you put it as an eye. I'm always it's always me putting either myself in my own shoes or me putting myself in someone else's sho shoes, like becoming that person. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I. I tried to like get away from it. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, for a few of these songs, I'm like, I can't. I just it's just my style of writing. Like I I am the kind of person in real life too to put myself in other people's shoes all the time. I'm always like, if the guys are like arguing over something, I'm like, okay, let's stop for a second. I can see your point of view, but I can also see your point of view. So I'm like always that like mediator and like I I can just see life from so many different perspectives. So I think it's funny that. You mentioned that. <laughs> sometimes it takes a third person to see the other person's perspective. Like it's really hard mm -hmm. to remove yourself from sometimes from what you believe or what you think and then see other side of things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when you guys are listening to music, do you find that like first person lyrics are something that you kind of gravitate towards or that are more impactful for you or does it matter? It doesn't matter for me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say specifically that matters. It's like the message is what matters more me than it being like about a specific person or the guitar riff or <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's true it's the the message yeah uh victor you're currently endorsed and correct me if i'm wrong but you're currently endorsed by Sol uh, solar guitars and jim dunlop yes we uh yeah we just got um the yeah, custom yeah. jim dunlop uh picks okay. we we were working nice. on it before i went to spain <laughs> and then everything got finalized while we we're in spain and we we're like yes so uh, it's super excited to be part of the Dunlop family now with the solar guitars. So, yes. and uh, me and Chris are both actually solar guitar artists and Jim Dunlop artists, which is exciting. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cool. So, it's going to feel really cool to be endorsed by a well known company. It's cool. Even like when I. Uh, when I got endorsed by Solar Guitars, I was like, this is amazing. Like, what? Yeah. Like, it's so cool putting it on the posters and stuff, too. It just yeah. feels so legit. <laughs> and then, like, when, like, Chris, because he's a little bit older than us, and he finally got, he got a Solar Guitar endorsement. He was like, Whoa. ecstatic, right? Because he's been working at this for like so much longer than we have. So it's, it's, cool it's pretty feeling. cool. Waiting on Sennheiser now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what went into getting endorsed? Like, what did you have to put in? How did you um, expose these companies to your music? Um, well, they want to see that you're, like you're doing stuff online, you know what I mean? That you're posting um, like a lot and you have a, a following. And I remember with like, with Solar Guitars, like on my personal social media, I don't have that big of a following, but because of Lutharo is what helped me. And like, okay, you know, you're, yeah, people you're will see you, people, <laughs> you know, people will see that you're posting about the guitars and all that stuff. And that- This guy's all right. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you'll be like, like playing the Solar Guitars in the videos, like music videos and everything. So. I guess I, I checked all their boxes and they're like, yeah, okay. All right. We can hook you up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, same with like Jim Dunlop. Like we, we had to say like how many shows we play a year, how many shows we're expecting to play next year. Like it was like a lot more with Dunlop than with solar guitars. Like, Cause they're, they are a bigger company after all. Right. Mm -hmm. mm. But it was pretty cool. 
on their side of things, it's kind of like an investment. They want to make sure that you are actually serious about what you're doing. Yes, exactly. And that you're going to continue instead of just saying, yeah, I'm endorsed and say, and then fuck off afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they want, okay. they want you to post stuff about them and like, you know, tag them in things. So people, other people that are looking at you, they're going to be like, oh, this guy plays Dunlop picks. Maybe I want to play Dunlop picks. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I think it's good for them too to move into heavier music because it's such it's such an untapped market in some ways. Like especially with the way metal's moved into its more brutal and more uh, heavy kind of genres, it's it's nice to see that they're actually incorporating that into their their umbrella. Yeah, sure. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. When did you guys get indoors for the first time? Um, was it twenty twenty? I think I got the solo guitar endorsement, and then the Dunlop was like two months ago. And then our drummer, Corey, he's uh, endorsed by Los Cabos Drumsticks and Mapex Drums, which is pretty pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, so pretty much all your members are endorsed by some company. Except for Krista. Yeah, <laughs> waiting on that Sennheiser. Let's go. <laughs> is it the same kind of process for that? Is it like, obviously, they're, they're going to be looking at your singing, but you don't really have any instruments so how can other than the mic i guess mic and uh cables stuff like that and um yeah like all of our wireless systems are sennheiser as well yeah like too, every right? wireless systems uh your wireless mic mm -hmm. our drum mics are sennheiser everything is yeah, so everything yeah. mic you know who knows it also happens maybe it'll happen maybe it won't they're we're gonna use the company so. yeah they're great. i hope so definitely they're like top tier yes yes <laughs> so and this is because i'm completely ignorant about endorsements and that side of thing oh, that's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. It's uh, it's something I'm not very well versed in, and so with that kind of stuff, like, do you use the the equipment first and then kind of choose a company to kind of focus on, or is it something that I guess I, it could go both ways? I think because we are a smaller band, then yeah, you have to like you know use it first and like all that stuff and show them that you want to be a part of it. I think if you're like you know Dave Mustaine and be like I'm going to Gibson, they're gonna be like okay. All right, yeah. come, come yeah. here. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you so. wanted to try solar guitars for like forever and finally like bit the bullet on it. Yeah, because I wanted to buy a new guitar and I'm like, it was like right when the pandemic started. I'm like, I, I want to buy a new guitar. And I'm like, I I'm just going to go ahead and buy this because they don't have them in stores or anything, mm -hmm. right? You're just kind of going in there like blindly hoping it's good. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I, I remember I like start playing it. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys experiment with your equipment? Um, like, and what I mean by that is, like, how do you choose the brand? Um, did you have to go through a few different iterations before you found what worked for you? Yeah, uh, like, I, I first started playing some, like, Jackson guitars when I first started playing, like, guitar. And then I went to ESP, which I absolutely love. And then I, I'm like, you know, I want to buy a new guitar. And then I bought a solo guitar. And I'm like, this is, this is amazing. This is so good. So, yeah, I still, ha I still have all my guitars, you know. <laughs> I pick it up and I'm like, oh, this needs a string change. And then I put it back in the case. <laughs> but I play the solo guitars like exclusively, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Is it just like the feel? Like obviously there's quality differences between bands and stuff like that, but is it just like the feel for you or is it like the shape? What what goes into making it work for you? I definitely like like the shape of the neck of this guitar. And um I remember like going when I was playing old like ESP and stuff, I would like pick up John's Jackson and I'm like, I just don't like the shape of this neck anymore. Mm. And that's what I was afraid when I bought this guitar, when I went to solo guitars, because I'm like, I've never like even played one in person before. I'm just like blindly buying it. I don't know. Is the neck going to be, am I going to like it? Am I going to hate it? So I did, I remember I did so much research on what the neck is like <laughs> and I'm like, I I'm just going to buy it. And then I was like, okay, this is perfect. It's so like comfortable to play and everything. So as opposed to like, you know, other bands like Ibanez, the neck is way too thin that I can't, I, I, I don't know how people play that. 
<laughs> so it's all about preference, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's a obviously combination of things like you're looking at like you said the, the neck dimensions you're looking at the way it sits the way it feels overall is there much of a difference in the way things like that sound um i think sound is all or is that mostly just the strings strings and pickups and stuff like that i mean okay. the wood i mean i can't properly hear it's like oh this is this kind of wood and stuff like that John my, my ear is not like <laughs> you know but like there's people that are like oh this, this sounds like a maple neck and i'm like no i don't know it just feels great to play <laughs> but it's all pretty much in like in the pickups and stuff depending on what kind of pickups and how hot they are and everything but yeah i can't be like mm, sounds like a maple neck i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess that would also be something that could be a little bit bigger on like acoustic guitars yes definitely on acoustic guitars but there are people that their ears are like immaculate and they can hear these things i don't know that's beyond my level of understanding like in that way <laughs> yeah yeah interesting that gives me a lot to think about there's a whole nother dimension of things and i guess the same is with like the way it interfaces with the software and the, and the cables and stuff like that as well yeah it, it's all relevant in a way right so yeah nice well thank you for teaching me something <laughs> <laughs> no problem you guys have been in lutharo now for 10 years pretty much at this point we were talking about that the other day yeah <laughs> Did you ever think it would get to this point? Yes. We were hoping it was going to get to this point. <laughs> I always knew in my gut, and I say this still, I'm just like, I know, I know things are going to happen. I know we're going to get somewhere. Like, you just have to be patient. I feel like it's just, I don't know. It, it sounds horrible to say, I guess, like, because it's like cocky to say, but it's not cocky in a sense of like, we're the best band ever. We have to make it. But no. like, no, it's just, we have so much drive and we're just not ready to give up we're exactly. not going we i mean we've gone through how many member changes yeah i think it's just so like especially with me and you like we're just like we don't back down for anything yeah we're not going to this is our dream and that's like basically you'd have to kill us to get rid of us <laughs> pretty much like we're not gonna stop so yeah. yeah i i knew in my gut it was gonna happen because we were gonna make it happen whatever it took so there was a lot of uh learning here and there right? a lot of blood sweat and tears yeah <laughs> well that's what it has to be you can't just go into anything just thinking that you're going to make it and not put in the effort like yes. there's small incremental steps but then after so long you look back and you're like okay this is amazing these small incremental steps are now leaps and bounds compared to where i started yes exactly. oh my god yes it's almost gonna be yeah. nine years next year it's yeah. crazy insane what are the benefits of having such a long-standing relationship? Like you guys have pretty much, um, well, Victor, I, I mentioned that you were like the founding member, quote unquote, but um, I think Krista, you were kind of part of that as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like pretty much when I was like, I'm starting a band, it was our original drummer, Zach, me and him kind of started. And then we like, we started looking for members and everything. But uh, Krista was pretty much there from the beginning. Yeah. Because like before we were like, oh, we, you know, we're just going to play some covers here and there. But then like you were kind of in there from when we actually started writing music and yeah. stuff because i was like let's go people <laughs> look alive out there exactly <laughs> let's do what it. are some of the benefits of having such a long-standing relationship in the band um like, i don't know is there any benefit no. <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess we just know like like even with john john's been in the band for a long time now so we kind of like we get each other we know what it's the chemistry yeah that's we know the hugest thing we all think kind of yeah we're just like reading each other's minds at this point um and yeah knowing how to work with everyone because you've been around them for so long is a huge thing and just um i think for us two being in the band for this long we trust each other so yeah. much we trust that like whatever happens we're in this and we're not going to give up and we're just going to keep going so the amount of trust is um, crucial for that 
Yeah. Just knowing if you fall, they're gonna be there to pick you up. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone though, like all the yeah. all the members, like yeah, like Corey's been in the band before, but uh, yeah, everyone like it's good. Vibes yeah. are great. We're it's, a team. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a team at the end of the day, yep. right? And being able to remove that communication, like the unnecessary stuff, like the little nitpicky things, is definitely a benefit because you can move a lot faster and work on the things that truly matter for the music. Yes. Yeah. Like, we all nitpick at each other, obviously. But. Yeah, but I <laughs> feel like we're not bad compared to a lot of bands. Yeah, there's other you know? bands like, that are, like... We get along pretty well, like, because we're able to put a lot of personal things aside and just go in and just think about the music. Yeah, exactly. From, like, a business standpoint, you know? All the bad vibes stay outside the door. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's the way it should be. Usually changes when we get into practice anyways. Like, you have a bad day, and as soon as you walk into the jam space, you're like, oh, yes, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> My saving grace. <laughs> Well, you got to look forward to that kind of stuff because that's where you're putting most of your time. All you day. You just go in, sit down, record an <laughs> album and be done with it. It's like you have to practice. You have to be there with the other people. Yes. Exactly. And now with streaming too, it's another thing to look forward to where like we're practicing, but we're like practicing with an audience and like friends watching and we're able to talk to them. Exactly. Like before we started writing, we would just practice the same songs and it's like, oh my God, it gets I've, been, I, I've been playing these songs so yeah. many times, but like doing it on a stream it's fun and i'm enjoying playing the songs even yeah, more because people are asking questions and they're commenting on it and like you're making jokes with them or like you mess up a note or something and start laughing yeah or like i'm looking at the chat and they're talking about something stupid and i start laughing during the song and they're commenting on that and streaming is definitely like we're having a lot of fun doing it 100 percent. and i wish we would have started earlier with streaming i agree it's so much fun to have the connection with like friends and fans like that just yes. because like there's some places obviously we haven't played in a lot of places so we may never get the opportunity to play in certain places you know but them being able to see us in a live kind of way exactly. <laughs> on there and talk to us it's like a more of a friendship thing too yeah definitely it's a lot more intimate of a of a um, environment i guess like you said you could chat with them they can say something stupid on the chat and you start laughing in the middle of the yeah song. so you're building a say, community like, as much pressure yeah, totally. Yes. It's a community. It's not as much pressure as like playing a show or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. And then it gives everybody a voice. I think that's pretty cool. Yes. I also love the fact that they're seeing it from a point of view where everything's not like perfect because you hear the studio recording and it sounds huge and amazing and they see live, live and it's larger than life, but like they don't realize like all the stupid little things that happen behind the scene and that we're not perfect and we mess up notes and like I sing flat or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like, I wish I would have seen that in my like musical journey earlier. Yes. Just so I wouldn't be so hard on myself because you see other people being perfect and it's not that way. So in a way it's like just seeing the other person's or the other band's like vulnerabilities and, and uh, I, I guess being human because yes. everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fucks up from time to time. Exactly. Yes. It's so important. <laughs> when did you guys start streaming? Was that last year? It was this year. We started in in January, I'm like, well, actually, like in like December, I was like, we need to start streaming. And mm -hmm. it took me a while to figure out how to properly do it. And then I started streaming at home on the Lutharo channel just to get the feels going to figure out how everything works. And once I figured everything out, I brought it to the jam space. And we've been doing it like pretty much ever since. I think February is when we really started doing it. But I wish we started earlier because the pandemic would have been like a key. Time yeah, we were at the jam space like every day mm -hmm. and it would have been awesome because uh, now we're starting to get busier and we're starting to play shows and there's some like cool things coming up and we won't be able to stream as much. So that's why I wish we would have started a little bit earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. The pandemic, I think, was good in that regard because it gave a lot of people some extra creative freedom. Yes. And even if you're kind of, quote, late, late to the party, you're still doing kind of 
you're still doing that same stuff and mm-hmm. it's still giving that people that extra uh impact mm-hmm. exactly I want to chat about a couple of your music videos. So Lost in the Soul and To Kill a Grave were both shot in like old dilapidated buildings. Um, was Lost in the Soul an old hospital? So, yes. <laughs> so, okay. So we filmed Lost in the Soul and Phantom in the same weekend. It was in an abandoned, was it abandoned? Yeah, I guess it was. Like in an abandoned hospital. like mental hospital, like uh, <laughs> outside Ottawa. Um, and yeah, Lost in the Soul was a crazy video, a video to film. That place was creepy. Uh, that, that place was creepy, haunted for sure. It was like we were because we, we shot Lost in a Soul in a basement, like, and it was like cold and there wasn't really any lights or anything. It was so creepy. And then like I remember, like I was, I think I was watching like um, Duval. He was playing drums, and I kept looking behind. Yeah. I felt like someone was behind me the whole time. I'm just the like, whole oh no, time. this time, especially down those hallways that we shot. I just kept like turning around. I know. And, like, Ugh. It felt like something was there the whole time. Yeah. You know, it was just very, Fear of very the weird. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It was it was very creepy that place. And then we also shot Phantom in that place too, but it was in like the auditorium, which still looked amazing. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't destroyed or anything. So it looks like it's like in a different place, but it's it's in the same building. Mm-hmm. We were just we're just under the auditorium when we did Lost in Assault. Yeah. I saw that video and I was just like, okay, this is nice, but it's it doesn't have the same for me the same impact because yes. it's not that old ruined mm-hmm. like creepy look. And knowing what it was used for, you have you have to be thinking about what went on, right? Yeah, like you just you you're constantly wondering. So of course you're gonna think someone's there, and it always has that weird presence. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and then the killer to crave and hopeless, we shot them both in the same weekend. And there's a new venue that was being built in Oshawa, and. They were still like just tearing down the walls and redoing them. And we're like, can we film a music video here? They're like, yeah, sure. No problem. And yeah, we did them all in that, uh, that building. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to go to crave looks, looks great. But all like the, um, the walls like falling apart pretty yeah, much paint off. Oh, it's creepy. There was a, I took a visit down to East state penitentiary and they <sighs> left one of the wings, uh, dilapidated. They, they didn't, um, remodel it or anything like that they didn't clear out the paint they didn't repaint it nothing and so it's like falling apart but then all the other wings look brand new it's mm-hmm. it's fucking weird yeah. yeah eerie very eerie the one room that i'm like dancing in and lost in a soul it was just mold and it was like almost like lost in a soul yeah i lost a soul in like ah, when i'm dancing right, right, right. in like the nightgown in the, the night room, gown, yes how all the mold that was like on the ground on and, on the walls and yeah. there was this like weird like it was like like a mist or like a fog in the, in the room. air like, it was so bad we're like 10 minutes max and we gotta get out yeah, of here because uh, it's probably so bad for our health yeah oh my god breathing this and in we were walking like down the hallway and the halls are filled with water and there's stuff falling from the ceiling constantly like you had to be careful yeah <laughs> yes. how did you guys get permission to film in an old mental hospital um Joe Lyko, the guy uh, from Dark Moon Productions, the guy that did our music videos, he knew of this building and from somewhere, I don't know. And he messaged the owner and then he's like, yeah, you, you can do it. And we're like, okay, we had to get like um, insurance to be able to be allowed to be in there just in case something happens because yeah. it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're like, okay, sweet. I'm glad he like they let us in there. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. It gave the impact that you guys were intending yes like it was it was such a creepy mm-hmm. unsettling video i'm glad that's definitely my favorite video because <laughs> filming it was unsettling so <laughs> <laughs> yes even just the thumbnail it just it draws your eye and you're like i need to watch that like even yeah. if it's not your style of music mm. you're just like kind of want to see what happens yeah 
It's mm-hmm. uh, it was a creepy place. But it, you know what's even creepier? That they turned one of the wings of the hospital into like an old folks home. I would just that's weird. Yeah, that's very that's weird. Because <laughs> yeah. there was like there was a bunch of like older people that were just kind of like standing there watching us as we were unloading all the gear from the van. And I'm like, what? Oh, that wing is still open. That wing is still open. They turned it into like an old housing for like senior citizens. I'm like, why? Why would you want to live really here? Weird. That's so creepy. <laughs> yeah, right. Bad vibes. I know. <laughs> Especially if you knew what was on the other side of those doors. Right. Like, if you knew what it was for in the past, like that's just a place I wouldn't want to be. No. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. It's bad enough being in a nursing home, but fuck, like on the side of a mental hospital. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. So guys, um, what are your personal favorite genres? And then the next question is, who are some of your favorite bands? Um, in or out of metal? One. I would say I'm like, I definitely like uh, melodic death metal a lot. Mm. And Arch Enemy is uh, my favorite band obviously <laughs> a lot of influence from arch enemy um but i i listen to like you know a lot of different styles of metal i like it all um except for like grindcore i don't get that <laughs> um and then but yeah, i also listen to like a lot of classic rock and blues and stuff as well so it's not just i don't only listen to metal but i think metal is definitely like the main thing that i listen to mm-hmm. now i go through phases but, but yeah who would you say some of your favorite blues artists are uh, Joe Bonamassa is like one of the greatest guitar players out there of our time. And uh, Beth Hart's amazing. We've seen Beth Hart She's my favorite. last year, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Uh, she was amazing. Uh, yeah, there's lots of them. I remember when uh, we were in Spain and my parents were there, I put, put the Bluesville um, channel and then my dad's like, oh, there's so much more right. blues that I haven't heard before. Amazing. I'm like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> my dad's a huge blues guy, so. He always, always puts on blues. So mm-hmm. kind of grew up on that. Nice. Ugh. That's one of the genres that I've been uh, sort of new to me, but I really like. So thank you for the recommendations. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know where to begin with my musical taste. It's like the lost <laughs> and found in of like ADHD <laughs> music. Um, yeah, obviously melodic death metal, um, old school heavy metal. Yes. Uh, love, um, thrash metal, power metal. Obviously, you can hear all of those in our in like our music as well. Those influences, Um, love classic rock, blues is a big one for me. I absolutely love Beth Hart. When we seen her, I think I cried for like (laughs) the first four songs. I couldn't stop crying. I was just like, oh my god, she's like my favorite vocalist of all time. Um, Absolutely love her voice. Um, I don't even. I listen to like a good amount of kind of like. I don't know, electronic music sometimes. Like I love indie. I would say in- it's indie. I, yeah, like indie music, but also yeah, electronic music too. I like electronic indie. <laughs> yeah, well there's one artist I love. She's a Canadian artist. Her name's Lights. And I'm obsessed with her. Um and yeah, she does like kind of like an indie electronic kind of style of music. So I listen to her a lot. And yeah, just Did she in- used to be kind of poppy. Yeah, yes. it was more um on the poppy indie side but now it's more like electronic like and she does mm. like djing and stuff now so she's kind of gotten more into that um and like toured with dead mouse and stuff hmm. yeah yeah interesting i think i remember like seeing maybe a couple music videos but that was years ago yeah and she's like completely like changed her vibe now i'm obsessed with yeah, her okay. <laughs> um and yeah just rock indie i do like a lot of indie stuff um and the newest one on my radar, I don't even, like, I guess they're rock, is Mane Skin from um, Italy. Italy. 
obsessed mm. with them. I don't I don't even know what you classify that as, but like been listening to them. I I think his voice is crazy. Um, it's very interesting sound. Yes, right. Very catchy. Very unique. Like I'm very into them, and I am obsessed with their bass player Victoria. I think she's like the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not metal all the time. Ginger, I love Ginger. She's like Tatiana's <laughs> to me. <laughs> but yeah, I could go on all day. Sorry, <laughs> like boring you, but yeah, my music taste is like all over the map. <laughs> I think that's good though because you guys are trying to create something unique and if you have those those different influences and stuff like that you're going to be creating something that maybe a lot of people haven't in the past yeah exactly because i i've noticed um i think it was Corey the one day he said like the way you write some melody is very like pop inspired mm. <laughs> like some of the um choruses especially because it's funny because i'll go from like a really brutal part like a really um like death metal-y part and like screaming and stuff to like a popish chorus <laughs> Just very in it, yeah. Even with the al the new album coming out, whenever that comes out, um, it's um, <laughs> it's like all over the place, like genre wise. Oh, There's yeah. some like folk metal now and there. Yeah, There's, we, that's uh, another genre we didn't mention too. Is like yeah. that we're really into. Um, there, there, there's a lot of different things this time around. I don't know. It's not just uh, it, there's more to it this time around. Mm -hmm. It's pretty exciting. And you said you guys have to be done the uh, the main stuff for the album before January because that's when you're going to the studio. Yeah, we have to be in the studio like mid-January. So we want to make sure that everything's kind of done. And then it's going in for mixing and mastering in March. So it has to be done before then. So it's like we're on a very tight schedule because um, we want to tour the whole most of the next year. So we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That'll be wicked. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have a, like an approximate timeline for maybe when it's going to be released or you just want to wait until the mixing mastering is done before you say much? I'm going to say probably summer, early fall. I think that's what's going to end up being. I'm assuming because usually it takes about four to five months, maybe six months after the mastering is done for things to get released. So yeah, we're hoping to get signed too. So yeah, that hopefully. may play into when we release as well. So I have no idea. <laughs> oh, that'd be really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, I want to thank you again for joining me today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, yeah, and for especially sure. with the upcoming record. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. Awesome. Thank you. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.